Grab your hiking shoes and your backpack and come out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. Welcome to another edition of the Texas Trailhead podcast. On this episode, I'll be discussing why I prefer to wear trail runners over traditional hiking boots. And I'll also give you my visit recap about Lake Mineral Wells State Park. Stay tuned. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Texas Trailhead Podcast. Man, we're already on episode number four. I cannot believe it. Thanks again to everyone who's been listening so far. This has been a fun journey four episodes in. I've seen a lot of podcasts that, for whatever reason, don't get past the first one. So I've been getting some pretty good feedback about the episodes so far. Hope everyone noticed I got a new microphone. If not, then uh, I guess you didn't hear all the static on episode one. Sorry. Um, it's been it's been fun to share stories about the trail, and I'm looking forward to getting the first interview set up really soon. But for today, I wanted to talk to you about trail runners, why I like to use trail runners to hike in instead of traditional hiking shoes. When I was in scouts at a young age, so I was in scouts from about second grade to seventh grade, um, I used various types of shoes, but you always thought of that hiking boot, those above your ankle high tops that always looked really, really rugged. And, you know, that's still a style that's out there today. And some people love them. Some people swear by them. I am not one of those people. Hiking around Texas, the terrain can change pretty quickly. And I used to skate. And I don't know if there's anything scientifically connected to this, but my ankles are pretty wobbly. So I actually like to have something low. So a a low rise or a sneaker type shoe boots on my feet that constricted. I just feel like I can't move as freely if I'm wearing a, a pretty significant shoe. But, you know, I want to talk about the, the the trail runner pros and cons and why I like to wear trail runners. And I think the biggest thing for me is the extra comfort. So imagine just a running shoe, but that's made for hiking. I mean, doesn't that sound like that would be more comfortable? I, I have talked to people that swear by, you know, something like a Merrill Moab uh, and the high one, and and they're plenty comfortable, but I would rather hike through Texas in something more comforting, like a sneaker style. So it's basically the trail runners that I have now uh, are also meant to be, I guess, wet wading shoes as well. So they, 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 they can definitely get wet, but I'll I'm jumping ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll hit that in a second, but they, they look just like, relaxed running shoes and and I like that the most about them with hiking boots seemingly they're just that boots and it's a little bit more constricting on your foot I feel like I don't know what do y'all think do you wear boots are you listening to this episode kind of curious if you should change to a trail runner on the anchor app you can leave me a message and let me know what you think and what you like about them but 
you know, hiking shoes in general have definitely come a long way in terms of comfort. And I think there isn't a correct answer. I'm just generally thinking out loud that hiking around Texas with all the rocks and gravel and water and all the different things that you come across on the trail. I just think for me, something more of a running style shoe is going to be more beneficial because a couple other things with trail runners, you get a lot more breathability, you know, with, with a running style shoe, you have the ability to do more synthetic mesh uppers on the shoe. And with boots, even with those that lace up, you're not going to get as much of that around your feet like you would in a trail runner. My trail runners above the foot are pretty breathable on the sides and on the tongue. It's pretty breathable. And I feel like with a hiking boot, you have a lot more tougher, thicker fabric that's not going to let air in as effectively. I think even for a day hiker like myself, that extra breathability is going to be essential for keeping your feet cooler in those Texas summers. And if you've seen a handful of those through hikers on YouTube, a lot of them will talk about trail runners as well because of that breathability aspect. And if you do walk through a wet trail, they're going to dry a lot quicker too. And and you can leave them out overnight. And by the time you need them the next day, they're going to be ready to go. And what another aspect with shoes, just in general, people ask about are the waterproofing and and here's my thing about the waterproofing waterproofing is intended to keep water out so fine if you're kind of by a puddle if you get caught in rain but here's the thing about waterproof shoes that I've learned is that yeah they're great at keeping water out but if water does get in so like if you're in a, a body of water, let's say you're at Pernalis and you're walking through Trammell's Crossing. I talked about that in the second episode. But let's say you're walking through there and you don't have room to pack an extra pair of sandals or something just for water. And water gets in your shoe, that waterproof that's meant to keep your shoes dry on the inside doesn't do anything for the inside of the shoe. That water is going to be trapped in your shoe and it's not going to be able to breathe. So think about that on a hot day when your socks are wet and your feet are wet and that water is just in there taking a lot longer to dry. So that that's another aspect. So the first two things I think are the comfort just of the sole on a trail runner, just being nice and squishy like a running shoe. Good for your feet on those long distances. And then the breathability, I think, is important too with the the styles that allow for more of that mesh feel. Even in the low Merrill Moabs, those still feel, just when you hold them, they just feel chunky and that they're not going to breathe as well. And, you know, people swear by those shoes. And if you like those shoes by all means rock them and 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 this is just meant to give a, a different perspective i feel on what the options are to hike in and if you're going to be in this wilderness terrain and you need something a little bit higher and you know that's all fine too but if you're concerned about the elements being above your feet they make items to put above your shoe that help your ankles and shin just be guarded from the elements. 
with the hiking trail runners that I see, you know, it's not just about the sole being comfortable. You can still get hiking shoe aspects in the bottom as well. The lugs are very important. So when you're looking at a trail runner, turn the shoe over and look at the lugs and look up the information on the millimeter of the lugs. You want something that's not going to be too spread out because you want to be able to walk on rocks and not have all the rocks go in between the lugs and right in between your toe. That's going to be super uncomfortable. No matter how squishy the shoe is, if you're walking on rocks, like you'll find on numerous trails around Texas, you'll definitely feel those if the the lugs aren't appropriate or if you don't have the correct width and spacing in the lugs. Something else you want to make sure you're looking at on a trail runner, just like you would any hiking boot, is a toe cap. And it all goes back to those rocks too. There's been times when I have just been walking way too fast and didn't lift my feet high enough because I didn't see the rock in front of me in time and just pretty much smashed my big toe while hiking. And it's definitely not comfortable. And it's definitely not something you want to deal with while you're on a, a pretty long day hike or even a through hike. So look for a trail runner that has a pretty extensive toe cap on it. Most of my trail runners have something right in the front corner, not necessarily going all the way around, but other trail runners like Sportiva, Solomon, you're going to see different styles with the toe caps and also with the lugs. And lacing too. When you're looking at the shoe, look at the lacing. Think about what you want to deal with. I know Sportiva has some quick lacing shoes Solomon has some really good lacing and and think about that in terms of what you want to deal with on a longer hike. I think those are all aspects of a trail runner that you really want to look out for. And this might seem like a no-brainer but try them on. You know, there are a few styles of trail runners that aren't going to be ready to go out of the box. If you're doing a zero drop style shoe where there is no arch it's your foot is just flat all the way across that may take some getting used to and so that being said there are other options to hike in I have two sandals that I hike in I hike in Chacos and I also hike in bedrock sandals and those are completely different feet preferences I feel like but I use them for completely different things I actually hike in my bedrock sandals more in the water because they do a little bit better with the sole. Chacos used to do full Vibram soles. Vibram? How, what, what, are, what are we on, on that pronunciation? Vibram or Vibram? I'm going to go with uh, Vibram. Chacos used to make most of their soles with Vibram. And I don't think that they do that for a lot of them. And if they do, I know you can customize that. But with Bedrock Sandals, they definitely have the Vibram sole. And the Vibram sandal is a super minimalistic sandal. But there are definitely long-distance trail runners that that's what they wear because they feel more comfortable with that super minimalistic style under their feet. Where for me... You know, I'll use them while walking through water on rocks. And I'll use my Chacos just during the summer. Pretty much this is my everyday footwear. Around central Texas, I like to be able to have something to wear 
just kind of through the day. And then if I think I'm going to go jump in the San Marcos River and kind of splash around, then I know that I'm set for that too. But because of the different cushioning on the bottom of the shoes, like my Chacos, I'm I'm more comfortable wearing all day, whereas my bedrock sandals are a little bit more specialized. And I don't think that I'm fully adjusted. I haven't had them yet for a year and I got them at the end of summer. Um, thanks dad. They were a hand me down and, uh, I, I haven't given them the full potential, the adjustment. Once you tweak that and get that tight and perfect for your foot, they really are really comfortable. Chacos. I feel like you can kind of wear them incorrectly. I see, people that wear them with the straps loose, which is really weird. But I've seen people wear them like that and you can just kind of wear them and they're comfortable with bedrocks. I feel you've got to kind of hone in that, that customization on the straps. But once you set it, it's pretty much good to go. You just set the top and, or you set the back. Yeah. You set the back and then the top is what you tighten and untighten. So there are options. I just think for me, trail runners offer more comfort and more flexibility, more breathability. And I think overall, trail runners are the way to go in Texas. So I said, again, tell me what you think. If you're using the Anchor app, let me know with a voice message or you can just find the page on Facebook, the Texas Trailhead, and let me know what you think about trail runners. All right, coming up in the next segment, I'm going to go over Lake Mineral Wells, what you can expect with hiking, some of the other recreational activities, and find out who is the person that actually gave me that recommendation. Coming right up. Welcome to the fourth episode of the Texas Trailhead. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about... Lake Mineral Wells State Park. You already heard my opinions on trail runners versus trail hiking boots. And so I was in Fort Worth for work. I had to help a store with their inventory. And I knew I wasn't going to have a lot of time while I was up there. I was just there to help them for the night. And then I was going to be back the next day for my day off. Uh, Fort Worth for me, it was about three, three and a half hours. So not, nothing too crazy, but it, I knew I had to be back the next day. So I reached out to someone who I hoped would have a good suggestion for me. I reached out to Chet Garner, otherwise known as the Day Tripper, to see if he had any recommendations. And thankfully, he recommended Lake Mineral Wells State Park. And without having to send another tweet, he said, I definitely needed to check out the Red Waterfront Trail. So when I was helping them with inventory, it was a nighttime inventory, and it ended up taking us till about four in the morning to finally get everything done. So I was able to get back to my hotel, take a shower, and get a few hours of sleep. But when I woke up, I wasn't feeling that great just because I didn't have that much rest, basically. Inventory, it's not, you know, you're counting, but... It's just a lot of up and down, squatting down, counting stacks, and and it kind of just wore me out, but it, w- it was fine. So I knew I wasn't going to have a lot of time to spend, and I knew it was probably going to be a while before I was up in that area, so I didn't want to waste a new opportunity. So I just kind of 
you know, pull myself up by the bootstraps. And I, I, and I knew I, the park was something I wanted to do. So I had all my gear with me. So I made my way out to Mineral Wells and made it to the park. Well, it wasn't so far. So the mall I was at was technically north of Fort Worth. If y'all are familiar with the area in that outlet mall that's out there, it's right by the Buckies. So really nice area. But anyways, I made my way out to Mineral Wells and the first impressions were that it was really pretty. The lake greets you seemingly as you make your way into the park. And just to note that headquarters is just for checking in. I learned that there's another shop by the lake that's pretty much a bait shop. Here is where you'll find your snacks, stuff for fishing, and all of the souvenirs that you would normally find at the state parks. So I grabbed my goodies and set off to my trail. Mineral Wells has a pretty extensive trail system, and the Red Waterfront Trail is off from the others, it seems like, but it does have three of the five points of interest uh, on this trail for the entire park, and those are the Post Oaks, the Four Cedar Elms, and the Penitentiary Hollow Overlook. And in my opinion, the best part was the hollow overlook because of the amazing rock walls. And it turns out this is a park that's well known for rock climbing. I was trying to figure out why there were climbing bolts. Sorry, rock climbers. I don't know what the actual term is, but I was wondering why there were climbing bolts all over the top of the rock walls. The overlook trail was a little tricky to find, having never been here before. But once you find the staircase, the views are totally worth it. There you'll also start to notice all those loops of from above that people use for the ropes that I didn't notice on the ground. When you get there, you're almost walking into this enormous cavern. It just has these huge rock walls you walk into. And just a note about this, there are a handful of ways in and out of here, but it's overall the overall square footage isn't that big. So go explore, but don't feel you're going to get turned in a completely wrong direction and get lost. While I was making my way around, somebody that was giving somebody else a tour asked me if I knew what I was, where I was going. And I was honest and I was like, man, I, I have no idea where I'm at. He's like, just keep walking in this direction. You'll see the opening. But here there are a bunch of little nooks and crannies that you can just kind of go up and around and there's sections where you can just completely go through the rocks, which is pretty neat. Getting to this section at the end of the trail, the terrain on the red waterfront trail, it's exactly what it sounds like. You are walking along the water of the lake. So you're going to see a bunch of awesome birds. You're going to see some really good plants and a bunch of these just rock just these bigger boulders just kind of along the trail. So plenty of sections for you to kind of bop around on. There are some sections of the trail where you kind of have to leap a little bit. So some good sticky shoes are highly recommended, especially after a, a drizzle if you're going to be at the park. I really liked it. It's not a super long trail, but the terrain definitely kind of makes up for it. And as far as the other parts of interest. I didn't actually find the four cedar elms. I was kind of where I thought it would be on the map for a while. And I feel kind of bad not really noticing which ones they were. And they were probably right in front of me the whole time. 
Overall, there are nine trails at this park, with the Cross Timbers Black Trail being the longest at 2.32 miles, and the Trailway Spur being the shortest at 0.661 miles. And I'm just talking about trails in the park. So the Timbers Black Trail would be the longest in the park. The Trailway Spur is the spur that connects you from the state park to the trailway. And the entire trailway is basically an old railway that linked the Western Cross Timbers to nearby Weatherford with a stop along the way at Garner. In one direction, the trailway is about 14 miles. And according to the trail map, and I quote, passengers and freight traveled the same route from the 1890s until 1992. You'll pass colorful wildflowers as you travel past farm and ranch land. So pretty neat if you are there for a little bit, if you're camping there. Um, I definitely recommend checking out that trailway. I... You can definitely hike it, but I know a lot of people will take their mountain bikes and ride their bike along them. That's pretty extensive in one direction, so trying to do that back and forth. There aren't any campsites along that trail, so if you were going to do it back and forth, it'd be you'd have to make it all the way back to the campsite. All right, so when it comes to camping, there are five campsites, including one primitive camping area. You have Post Oak, Live Oak, Cross Timbers, and plateau camping areas, or all those are tent and RV. But the primitive camping area is accessible by the primitive camping trail, which is 1.95 miles long. So be prepared for that. You're going to have to do a little bit of hiking to get to the primitive camping area. If you're just using a tent, the post oak area is your top bet. Otherwise, the other sites are water electric sites that may be more suitable for an RV. And because of the lake being the top attraction, a lot of these campsites are actually pretty close to the water. So that's pretty neat. I encourage you all to read more about the history of mineral wells and learn about the water's magical powers that the town thought it had. There's some great articles and publications about people that were selling the, um, the, the mineral wells water. And also, big thank you to Chet Garner of PBS's The Day Tripper for always donating his time to answer my questions about where to travel. Big shout out to him. I follow him on Twitter. And as always, thanks again for listening. Be sure to check out my links on where you can find more information about parks, videos, and more. I just uploaded a couple of videos to YouTube. Still learning, so bear with me. It's been pretty fun along the way, though. And if you're enjoying the show, please contribute on the show page on anchor.fm. Your support helps keep my traveling and bringing you this great trail information. So until next time, grab your backpack and put on your hiking shoes. This is the Texas Trailhead.